0: Um... Blog Talk Radio.
1: guys. Brandon Buzz is back. It's February eleventh, two thousand nine, Wednesday evening, nine PM. No my um my uh usual time slot is ten PM Central, uh which is eleven PM Eastern, but I've got a I've got a special time slot tonight for a very special lady. Uh, uh a quick rundown, a quick some, some quick programming notes of what's coming up tomorrow morning at twelve thirty Eastern. That's 9, 12.30 PM, nine thirty A.m. Pacific. I've got Knotts Landing actress Joan Van Ark on the show. Uh, she's going to yeah. come by and, and tell us what she's up to these days and, and dish about Knotts Landing and, and her, her you know glorious award-winning career. That's going to be great fun. That's coming up tomorrow morning. Next week, Wednesday evening, I've got actress and singer Gloria Loring at, t- at uh, 10 p.m. Central. With, it's 11 Eastern. It's 8 Pacific. That's Wednesday on the 17th. On, that's not right. 17th, 18th, 18th, February 18th, next Wednesday night, Gore Loring. Next Thursday night, uh, a marvelous singer named Peggy Scott Adams, which I cannot wait for. I'm a huge fan of hers. Uh, And that will also be at 11 Eastern, 8 Pacific, um, on the 19th. So we're in the middle of a full week this week, and we've got a a, a, a filling week next week. So come on back. It's Brandon's Buzz, www.blogtalkradio.com slash brandonsbuzz. Um, you can listen to the show there, you can download old shows there, and you can rate and comment on the shows there. And you can also download my show as a podcast from iTunes. I'm on iTunes, guys. Type in Brandon's Buzz in the search box at iTunes, my podcast will pop up. You can subscribe, you can download individual episodes, you can review the shows. So it's really an exciting venture here, and and, um, uh, I hope you're having as much fun listening as I am making, because it's it's really great fun, and I have a terrific guest tonight. Utterly gorgeous and a complete original. She burst onto the national scene in the Lilith-fueled summer of 1997 with an infectious smash called Four Leaf Clover. You just heard it, and, and I, was, I was biting my tongue trying not to sing along. Uh, it's a, a, glorious, a gloriously fun tune that won her worldwide acclaim, heavy exposure on radio and television, and a well-deserved Grammy nomination. Record company Battles consumed much of her time for the next seven years, but she made an incredible comeback in 2004 with a haunting and heartbreaking follow-up record called Everything Changed, which forever established her as one of this country's most interesting and compelling artists. Two years ago, her fourth album, On the Way, sent her music in a lighter, jazzier direction, and she's dropping by Brandon's Buzz this evening to tell us why, as she did all those years ago, she still finds herself in the strangest places. What a true honor a true thrill, it is to welcome to my show tonight the fabulous, the gifted Abra Moore.
0: Yay!
1: How are you doing this evening?
2: I'm doing really wonderful. Doing great. It's,
1: it's quite an honor. <laughs> the show and I, like I said before the show, I, I appreciate you, you joining me for a, a time to gab.
2: Yes, I am grateful to uh, be included on your gabbing.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So gabbing give us journey. <laughs> So give us the, uh, give us the rundown on Moore. Where were you born? Where'd you go to school? Give us, give us all the okay. boring. Okay, let's see.
2: I was born in Mission Bay. In California. Okay. And uh moved to Hawaii when I was four. Wow. And that's where I was raised. Okay. Yeah, I moved out there with uh my father and my new mother.
0: <laughs> I lost my
2: mother when I was about three. Oh wow. <clears throat> and um so we headed out the big island
1: was was it a job thing or was it i mean what what well, brought you
2: my father was a, was a painter an artist
1: and uh he had a whole community of
2: artists and musicians from California from the San Diego area that moved out there and wow. uh lured him out there to paradise <laughs> and took us with him.
0: Excellent.
2: Me and my two brothers, and my yeah. new <clears throat> mother, and we eventually had two more siblings, uh, a sister and a brother, and uh, we moved out out to Cow. Uh, that's out in the jungle, okay. <laughs> way back then, and we lived in an old cane field worker's house wow. until I was about nine. No electricity. We grew up with lanterns and uh, a water tank. And uh, was and it then was then
1: it a the, tough transition for you, or were you too young to know when you left? It was
2: Incredibly tough. It was very very scary coming from electricity and the oh. city. You know,
1: so you uh, you remember you remember California. I
2: remember the the airport ride <laughs> home in the you know through the sugarcane mm-hmm. through the lava. Fields to the jungle, and it was really uh, amazing.
0: Wow. A wonderful
2: place to grow up as a kid, you know. Wonderful playground. Yes, my my pug is really excited right now because she um <laughs> she was at her babysitter for the last four days. She's stoked. She's all happy. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah, so so we lived out there and, you know, no TV or anything, but my stepmom got, uh, finally got a generator. We got a generator and we had like one channel and CBS, I believe. (laughs) And and we had uh, her stereo and she brought, she was, you know, a lot younger than my father was. My father came from like the beat generation. Uh-huh. the era, you know, the Chet Baker, Billy Holiday uh-huh. kind of era. You know, she, she came from the Bob Dylan, Rolling Stones, Stevie Wonder.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And so I got a combination of uh, my father's uh, influence and hers, her era. How almost. great. And so that was kind of a soundtrack to my existence as a child. So it just imprinted on my memory banks.
1: How could it not? Absolutely.
2: Yeah, so music was just there (laughs) all the time. So I grew up, you know, I grew up listening to, you know, with these big, huge records as a little Mm -hmm. girl. You know, these Mm -hmm. Hendrix records and these Beatles records and Stevie Wonder records and you name it, you know yeah oh so
1: there, there was always music
2: there was always music and it was i i really it was really uh imprinted on my palette yeah at a young age all these really wonderful amazing artists so it just naturally uh influenced my uh creative You know, it it just uh, imprinted on my memory bank, so when it was time for me to be, you know, to create, uh, you know, everyone has their own purpose and their expression, you know, their creative expression or whatever it is, raising kids, making stuff with your hands, building houses, teaching, you know, whatever it is.
1: Even if it's just like tending to a garden, that's still uh, uh, quite an expression. Yeah, whatever whatever
2: your creative expression, and I I just always, I always connected through singing. And so that's just something that is a part of me and I will forever create that way. You know, songwriting and, and stuff. But, you know, how I do it is, you know, forever evolving.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For yeah. for everybody I, I wouldn't yeah.
2: Yeah, so I like you know, it's, it's I I feel like uh, one of the fortunate ones that was able to really explore the uh the world of 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 the uh you know, the music business.
1: Yeah.
2: I really, really uh feel fortunate and grateful. That uh, <clears throat> my timing was when it was absolutely,
0: absolutely. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's all timing. And
0: <laughs>
2: people want to say it. No, it's you know, it's it's a combination of both, but it, it, it can be timing as well. Did
1: Did you always know that? When did you know that you could sing? When did did what? did you have a particular moment when you? when somebody told you, hey, you've got a great voice, or did you always just kind of feel it?
2: I just, I just, you know, let's think. Um, I just creatively expressed that way. I sang all the time. You know, I I was an imitator. Yeah. I I, I could mimic anything, you know, Frank Sinatra and Billie Holiday and, you know, uh, Pat Benatar, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> all that, those influences. But my, my, you know, younger years, my developing years were really established with with some of the greatest talents in art, so I feel fortunate that I was influenced by all that. Uh-huh. You know, I had, I had Frank Sinatra and Billie Holiday and Stevie Wonder and Bob Dylan and you know what I mean? It wasn't something that in high school or college I picked up and discovered. It was imprinted. Sure. sure. It was in my. It's in my memory. You know what I mean?
1: And I bet, especially in your case, since you did, didn't have television, you didn't have. I mean, you were kind of isolated in Hawaii, so. Yeah, I, I, I was I
2: isolated that- out there with, with my my mom's stereo. Yeah. And thank God. I would imagine for that, that music was
1: something you could cling to.
2: Yeah. Exactly. And you know, I'm you know, some if it wasn't for her and those records, who knows? My <clears throat> sure, my brother too, my older brother was a, a you know, a young prodigy jazz saxophone player.
1: Excellent.
2: So I grew up with him, you know, playing the horn out in the jungle <laughs> all the time practicing. <laughs> Did you have instruments around <laughs> My father yeah. was a painter. So my father was an artist and a sculptor, a painter, so he was just working and painting 24-7. So I just had a lot of creative energy around me, and that's what I learned. You know, who knows if I would have grown up somewhere else in a different environment, I would have
1: exactly.
2: done something else.
1: Yeah. You know? Did did you have instruments around you? Did you have guitars and pianos? or, or um...
2: uh, Yeah, I had a guitar. I got a guitar when I was, I guess,
1: 10 or something like okay. that. But I could make up songs all
2: day long, you know, when I was a little kid. That was just my way of communicating. <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you remember the first song you ever wrote?
2: I wrote a song about a whale that I <clears throat> fell in love with in a dream. I had a dream that I, you know, I, I grew up right by the water, so I was a little water baby. But I dreamt that I I fell in love with this beautiful whale, and I had to choose between, you know, the land or going under the sea. And I chose to be with my family, and as, as the whale was going off, it, it had this big tear in its eyes, and I just chose to be with the whale wow and disappeared into Mermaid Land. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote some song about that excellent
1: mm. and did did you i don't know did did you keep a journal back then did you keep a a diary did you, no. did you keep notebooks of of ideas no, and poems I'm just a
2: dreamer yeah i just i i saw in color you know the thing about uh, growing up out there with not a lot of, you know, stimulation as far as other things, you know, my, my imagination. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't do a lot of journaling at that time. I did a lot of dreaming and, yeah,
0: you
2: no, know, imagining, <laughs> yeah. journaling in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever
1: do you ever do you ever look back and wish that you had
2: yeah doesn't anybody i imagine I guess yeah, just to see see what it was about yeah yeah
1: so how how did you know that that you when did when did you understand that you really had a handle on on songwriting the construction of a song? <clears throat> the the whole, pa- how did you know that you really had a handle on the whole process? Or do you yet?
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> Slippery fish. Um, Again, you know, I think, uh, who knows, but I just, uh, it's all, it's all from, from what I've learned and been exposed to. And, and you know, the more I stay open and the more I, Stay open to the source. <clears throat> it it uh, forever evolves and develops yep. and everything. As far as how how when did I know that I was a songwriter? mm mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. I never really. You know, some people ask. Uh, you know, when did you decide? you wanted to be a singer or something. It's just something that is, you know. Yeah. Um, I think I had a good pull on it when I, I wrote a jingle for Coca-Cola. I wrote it in, like, 20 minutes. And the president of the company, you know, called and said, gosh, this has never happened before. We we don't even have to do a revise on it, really. No revision
1: it's, it's perfect. Wow.
2: <laughs> I just had a pop sense, you know.
1: Absolutely. Little, it, it shows. It shows in your music. I mean,
2: that's what Four Leaf was. Kind of, it was a moment of, you know, feeling something. It was the last tune written for that record? And, yep, I just sat down and wrote it.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. But, tell um, me this. What What makes a great song to you? What What does every oh, great song connecting,
2: have? connecting. Connecting with it and. Connecting with uh, the listener, you know, Mm -hmm. making the connection. The great song is, you know, the idea is born and then actually uh, creating it and actually, uh, you know, capturing the intention that was the first initial inspiration, you know. A great song when it's caught, and you can catch it. <laughs> my most my my most amazing great melodies and songs go out the window because I don't like them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've gotten better about that as
1: far as the catching stuff. And how about when you're listening to other artists? What when you're what, like when you're listening to the radio? What 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 is what what makes you decide that's a great song? That's not so great. That's a great song.
2: Yeah, I so don't know. It's just how it emotionally connects to my body, to my soul, to my ears. I don't really approach a song judgmentally, you know, like, oh, that's not really. It just speaks to me or it doesn't.
1: Okay. <laughs> and yeah. may I ask, what speaks to you lately? Have you?
2: Man, you know what? Just rocked my socks is. uh Oh, Kings of Leon.
1: <sighs> Their new album what? is fantastic.
2: They fantastic. just captured that raw, beautiful intention. It's just, you know, and I had never ever heard of them. I, I'm just, living, you know, I'm not really, you know, I don't have the MTV on or anything. I don't know what's yeah. happening out there. Uh-huh. But uh, I had the, I was watching TV and Watching Saturday Night Live one night because something was going to be on and I wanted to catch it. And then Kings of Leon was on. I'm like, and I just happened to catch it and just blew my, you know, excuse my French, blew my shit. I was just like, wow. <laughs> I mean, for that, you know, that is happening. Mm-hmm. I love it. That song, that one song, what's that song about?
1: Um, Sex on Fire is is that the yeah, well,
2: Yeah, a couple of them is just wow. Yeah. So that, you know, spoke loud and clear, undeniably.
1: That was that was far and away my favorite know, album of all. It's pure. I
2: don't you know what I'm saying? It's not it's, it's just it's it's pure. Absolutely. It's right. It just goes in no matter where it's from or who how old they are, if they they're connected to the source they're expressing. Uh-huh. Expressing it and capturing it, and it's you know,
1: mm-hmm. and that kid's um, got a killer voice.
2: I just love it. <laughs> you
1: know, it's so off kid, center you know? and it's so unique.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so that speaks to me, you know. It's just like ah, you know, that that spoke. That that's something that popped in my head as far as like lately. This went bam. <laughs> Whoa. And Coldplay just knocks my socks. They're just, you know, they're right in the pocket, right in the source, right, you know, writing okay. from the heart, you know, or writing yeah. just right from that, from the body. Mm-hmm. You know? For me, I don't know. That's my instinct for uh, Who else? Um, I'm just, you know, there's amazing uh, tons of artists. I'm just haven't been listening a lot lately. I haven't I? Haven't been digest You know, out there exploring.
1: Yeah.
2: so. You know, I need to do that because I'm sure there's just amazing stuff out
0: there.
2: <laughs> I know there
1: is. So, yeah. w- when you when you write a song, when you write an album. Do you have in your mind a particular audience, or are you are are you not even worried about the audience when you're writing?
2: Yeah, I'm not really thinking about the audience as much as uh, just capturing capturing the the idea. Yeah. Like they come in chapters, you know, like this this whole chapter of time <clears throat> and I think of a a time like you know everything changed you know that was a time mm-hmm. and that kind of and then all these songs fo- follow it you know <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> first titles I'll I t- I tell you what I love about your albums all of your albums seem to seem to live in a particular space if you know what I mean um,
2: they, they feel like an old rec- like a record.
1: Exactly, exactly.
2: Yeah.
1: It's not just a, a collection oh, of, think, of singles or you know just a
2: right.
1: just some slapped together mess. I mean, it's you make you make true albums.
2: Yeah, and that's the whole thing. I just you know so I'll start like I made one a couple of years ago, I guess. Um, I made on the way, and then you know. Lots of, busy, busy, you know, I just built a house and did a whole bunch of stuff, and now I'm starting to feel that itch again, it's starting to bubble around, you know, I'm like, mm, I'm starting to feel that, that next offering, Yay! I'm starting to see it, you know, you know, got a title flitting around, and it speaks of a time, you know, and, uh, and I've got this collection of, of songs I've been working on throughout the year and and uh, just letting them percolate and <laughs>
0: That's
2: awesome. everything and, uh, yeah, ex- ex- exploring just uh, letting it be. And so, yeah, I'm kind of uh, feeling excited about getting in the studio and, I love it. That's one of my favorite things. I love making music.
1: And when you when you go in the studio, do you try to get it all done at one time? When you go in the studio, do you try to get it all done at one time, or do you just kind of take it as it comes?
2: Well, I kind of have a, an idea, like I'll, like, okay, today I'm going to work on this song, and we're going to catch all the vocals and put the guitars down, and See where we're at. Kind of do that. Kind of track everything. See everything. See what's working and not working, and kind of doing it like that. Excellent. Maybe someday I'll get my Pro Tools shops together, and <laughs> you know I'll have to get your address, and because so one day I'm going to do it. And that's going to be a whole other world. (laughs) Just me, you know.
1: Uh
2: What I do when I get up on my way to the kitchen, sit down at the piano and, you know, write these beautiful songs that no one will ever hear. (laughs) Or melodies, you know. Uh All the time, I'll just sit down and just play something out and there it goes. Like I said, I've gotten more disciplined with catching ideas and everything.
1: And how, how do you like, write? Do you, do you write longhand? Do you? How do you? How do you write music? Not so much lyrics, but music.
2: I think melody comes. Melody comes first, and sometimes melody and the the idea come together, and. Okay. The- Work its way out that way, so usually i'll I'll lay out the whole structure of a tune music, uh, melodically okay, and then I'll come back piece together the lyrics
1: <laughs> so do you do you have pieces of melody and pieces of lyrics kind of left around huh waiting. do you have do you do you have like pieces of melody yes, or
2: yes, pieces of lyrics words and you know, lines and <laughs> things like that. Yeah, the music just the music part comes really easy. You know, I mean I can sit there and I can ad lib something on the piano with with melodies and no no lyric, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Can you hear
1: that? I can. Huh? I can.
2: You can, yeah. Now I could just write something right now. <laughs> and- kind of you know critical world, you know that's just a waste of time mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all been done. The thing is to just you know express your self, right. Just sit here and sing a song to you out of the <laughs> air.
1: <laughs> Please do. You're you're more than welcome to It's absolutely beautiful.
2: <laughs> yeah, music's a beautiful thing. And I, uh-huh. I'm tapped in it, and I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm grateful that I found something that. I can connect to inside of me, yeah you know
1: uh-huh absolutely absolutely feeds
2: me. even if no one ever hears another song from me out in the world it's my it's my connection to
1: uh-huh. and think of how many people think of how many people never never find that connection, never find that outlet within themselves i mean it's 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 really. Right. It's one of the great tragedies,
2: think, but they don't. I guess so, huh?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know, though, because humans are amazing. You find all kinds of things. Mine just happens to be through that source.
0: Uh, yeah.
2: Others through different sources. I don't. I. I not That's an interesting question, though. You think? You believe that to be true?
1: I. I. You know what? I think there are some people on this planet but, who who never, never really find that thing that touches them, that thing that compels them inside themselves, and right,
2: gives them peace,
1: yeah,
2: or whatever. Just that passion, you know. That's what we're here about. Everyone's. Looking for that connection, or you know, yeah, not looking for, but it's just natural. Uh-huh.
1: Anyway, so tell me, tell me about toy dog pondering. Tell me about the history of it. How you came together. How you Yay. decided to go back to the mainland.
2: I know. Gosh, I was 16 years old, and I was dating an older boy. He was a, a drummer in a pop band in Oahu. And uh they used to play at the wave. And he took me there one night and there was this band called Hat Makes the Man playing. And there was this young guy back there playing the drums and his name was Frank. Frank Oral, and that's the first time I met Frankie. And then a couple of years later or so, I went to college in Oahu and ended up running with Frank and a bunch of kids, and we'd go down to the drag, and, or down to the Waikiki drag, and <laughs> just play our hearts out.
0: And it was just really fun. We
2: wanted to run Decided to go traveling around the U.S. (laughs) Take a little sabbatical from college and fly to L.A. because Frankie knew some people there and just travel, travel around.
0: You know, we were a bunch of
2: toy dogs or, you know, we were a bunch of Hawaii (laughs) on the rock. So we wanted to go see the mainland. So we flew to L.A., one-way ticket. Wow. And, uh, got a G in truck and uh we sold we had a huge garage sale, sold a bunch of stuff and, you know, flew to LA. And me, Frankie uh, Kalea Chapman and uh Jean François Bellman, he was a photographer, artist that mm-hmm. ran around with us. <laughs> He lived in Laval, like Laval, France, near Nice, but he was traveling around with us, and a young uh, 17-year-old boy playing you know, percussion and drums. Coffee, Sean Coffee was his name. That was the first round of the Poilings. You know, the Poilings forever grow, and there are many, 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 many satellite members, and but that was the original crew, as far as that set out around around the U.S. And so we got that Jim suburban truck and had a tape to tape machine and would tape mix of this uh, this demo that Frank had made because he was starting to do his own creative thing and he was writing songs. And he called it Poy Dog Pondering. And so we took that tape and that was the first thing. And we we just made these beautiful watercolor covers and made a bunch of cassettes and would go to school campuses and everything and play our hearts out and sell tapes and make gas Jenny, and friends wow. and we'd make all these friends and find places to stay and parties to go to, and then we'd head to the next wonderful place, and it was just an amazing time, and we just traveled around, and then we ended up coming through Austin, Texas, and that's where everything really started to take shape and really bloom. We met all these wonderful musicians, and and, uh, that's where... Susan Bell, the violinist, was introduced, and uh, Bruce Hughes, bass player, an amazing, incredible Texas talent. And so many more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that that's kind of the story. We just kind of took shape from there. I mean, there's so much more.
0: <laughs>
2: I think so on. Absolutely. But that's kind of the gestation of the beginning, you know. We, traveled all over the place. It was a blast being young and just not really having a care. I can't imagine now. It's a different, a whole different environment now, but it really was right for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was great. What What made you decide that you were ready to strike out on your own?
2: Um, well, I kind, I kind of uh, stepped out of Poy Dog when we got signed to Columbia, Frankie got signed to Columbia, and I made that one record, that first record with them, and I just wasn't ready to go back out and tour, and be on the road, and do that more than anything, it was kind of my family, point dog was kind of like seeing my siblings, you know, doing their thing, and I kind of was in a domestic mode, because I'd just been doing it for a while, you know, I'd been traveling and everything. So that was kind of the the step of of just stepping down from from that. And uh, you know, I just naturally love music, so I, I was playing in bands and playing and everything And my band and. Just doing stuff and you know, satellite member to Poise would go play with them whenever and play on a record every now and again.
1: And
2: wow! Then I went and lived in uh, Europe for about a year.
1: Yes, I read so. that today. You were you were busking on the streets for a while in in France. And... Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I went over there with a the guitar player, first and uh, we just traveled around, busking and working in the clubs. Singing American jazz swing, and uh, you know, it wasn't something I consciously, you know, I'm going to be a jazz singer or something that's <laughs> in my my blood. I I I love that music. I grew up with it, and it uh-huh. comes natural to me. Mm-hmm. So we traveled, traveled, you know, lived in La Bode and Nice. With Jean-François Belmont, his family ran a bakery, Salé. and we lived above it and worked worked in the clubs or in the cafes and the restaurants, and then we'd go into Paris and busk in the streets. And I, uh, it was fun time. But then I came back. When I came back, that's when I kind of started honing on my own, you know, like, I borrowed a four-track, I think, (laughs) and got a little job, you know, said no to bands, and I didn't want to really play in any bands at that time, and I just started focusing on my first record, Sing, Uh and I met this incredible uh, guitarist, Texas guitarist uh, and producer, and he heard my songs name was, uh, Mitch Watkins, he produced that Four Leaf Clover, mm-hmm. <laughs> Strangest Places record, mm-hmm. and he really loved what he heard, and so he took a chance, and we really collaborated, really worked
0: together, we just
2: hit it off, and love making music together, and we just have a connection.
0: Excellent.
2: And, uh, that's where it kind of started, I made sing, we made sing together, and, uh, then, uh, Arista got wind of it Yes. and liked what they heard, and, and that's when Strangest Places Records signed Arista.
1: That must have been exciting to get the attention of a major, major record conglomerate.
2: Yeah, it was helpful.
1: <laughs>
2: well, it always helpful, you know. It made it easier.
1: Yeah. And in fact, they they kind of built a whole a whole um, I don't know subsidiary of of Arista kind of around you, did they not? Arista Austin. That, yeah, that Arista kind of started Austin. with you and Sister Seven and and mm-hmm. uh, Radney Foster and you know.
2: Yay, Radney! <laughs> I
1: love Radney. I mean, mm-hmm. seriously, they they I, 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 the way I understand it, they like you so much that. They, that they, they really went went to the mat for you and, and all of you guys um, here in this area.
2: Yeah, Steve Schnur man, is the most amazing A&R, brilliant, hardworking man. <laughs> he works in the games now, mm-hmm. or something like that. But oh, it's just a magical time. I oh. just again, you know, every step was a, a a graceful introduction into the industry. My first baby record, you know, mm-hmm. my first record was with uh, Mark Shoemate. That's with uh, Bohemia Beat Records. Jimmy Lafave. Jimmy mm-hmm. Lafave's kind of the one that discovered me in the in the singer songwriter circles and introduced me to Mark Shoemate. Wow. And kind of. Yeah, so I was in that family, and that was just a wonderful introduction into the industry. Mark Shumate was like an uncle, and he just, I just felt protected and cared for I, mean, I can't imagine being just thrown to the fishes, you know, or to the shark, or, you know, being young and just, having mean, being assaulted. Yes. As some artists, you know, if you're young, you can't handle it, and just hopefully they had good people around them, and, you know, I just feel fortunate I had Every step was a very graceful entrance. So, my indie was wonderful. Kind of got me ready, and then the major was was great. I had these wonderful A and R people, and and on top of that, I had a song that they so get behind, and mm-hmm. there was energy around it. And that's mm-hmm. all you really hope for is is that you know, because that's what everyone's you know it's just an amazing a miracle to have a bunch of people believe in your creative expression
1: absolutely and
2: put energy and time you know that's a really amazing thing and i don't forget absolutely.
1: that absolutely I am,
2: you know that's that's it in a nutshell you know i as as I I was given i i just had wonderful people around me and I, I I was just given incredible opportunity. You know, I was right in the sweet spot of the industry, you know, sitting in the living room with Clive Davis <laughs> <laughs> listening to Alicia Keys' hit song that no one's heard yet. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I was very poised for that whole environment. I just didn't deliver the the hit, you know, singles that needed to drive that industry. Yeah. You know, and it had nothing to do with me as an artist, you know, we you know, Clive and you know, Peter Edge we we pretty much we pretty much we you know had an understanding, you know yeah. that they're really good at Doing something they can market and work with, as far as. And how did he say it? You know, you're you're an artist that. uh, Oh, I can't remember right now. I can't remember it. Anyway, it was really, really sweet, and wonderful, and we parted ways amicable and. Good, you know.
1: Yeah. But yeah. at at the at the time when what, were
2: what the an old, the, to have been able to to work in that environment as long as I did.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, that environment people some people will never ever know what that is.
1: Did did it break your heart when that when that time came to an end though?
2: No. Uh, I understand business and industry i mean it's frustrating because I'm a pleaser, and I wanted to please my management and you know please my deliver you know please i wanted to give give the give the committee what they've been working with we've all been working for you know as far as something they felt like they could market and first you know blah blah blah. So, yeah, there's disappointment when you, you work hard for something and it doesn't, you know, happen
1: yeah.
2: that's been anything.
1: But you were still able to walk away from it grateful for the experience.
2: Yeah, my head's clear on on, on the, that, and that's what the thing as far as uh, an artist that, you know, become bitter and jaded, and this is... Mm-hmm. There's just no place for that. It's you know. There's business and there's art, and if you ever mix the two, you know, mix it up in your head. You, you can. I've just always been real clear about that. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know. How great though! You're you're one of the lucky ones. You know that that doesn't. I, I think that doesn't happen for everybody.
2: Yeah. Well, because it's confu- It's heavy duty. You know, it's mm-hmm. confusing. It's your It's mm-hmm. your art. You know and. Definitely uh you know, that's it's disappointing as far as when, like I said, when you're working really hard to uh, deliver something, you know. Once you get in an environment with a committee, it's your choice, you know. I made that choice. I'm not a victim. A committee means other opinions.
1: Yeah. You know? Mhm.
2: That's what it means. You have sit down at the table, and you've got other people and other ideas, and you you work with it. And I'm I'm really good at that, and I thrive in that environment. But uh, you know, I had my time, and it, yeah. it didn't. Uh, I just didn't deliver the 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 hits. Yeah. You know, made
1: well, you delivered one. It was called Four Leaf Clover. That did you? <laughs> did you, Did you know immediately that you had something special there? What? When you When you finished Four Leaf Clover, when you When you had it in your hand, did you know immediately that you had something special?
2: Yeah, it felt good. It just felt yeah. easy, and it was It was actually, yeah, it was kind of that feeling, you know, of like. kind of getting pushed a little, (laughs) not hearing a single, and so I wrote that, thinking it over, I thought it was a little too much, got a four-leaf clover, got to bring a little luck, oh man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And when you first heard it on the radio, did you just flip out?
2: Yay, I loved it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It must have been just one of those unique thrills that you, you can't replicate hearing yourself for the first time on the radio?
2: Yeah, hearing myself for the first time was hearing myself with uh, sing my f- very first record. Okay. I was working at a bakery. I'll never forget it. And uh, Jody Denberg played my played one of my songs. I think it was scary. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's
1: great. You know, for... For a, a couple of years there, it looked like Austin was going to become the new epicenter, kind of like Seattle was in the early '90s with Pearl Jam and Nirvana and all those guys. Yeah. It looked it looked for a minute there like Austin was going to become something like that with you and Sister Seven and Fastball, Patty Griffin, Casey Crowley, Sean Colvin, Kelly Willis. Uh, right. Well, Fastball had a good run.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. You, had you, a all, all, had, you all had you all had got, a good run for.
2: Yeah, but fastball really broke out. I mean, well, well uh, hang on. I'm trying to pause this thing. It's not going to let me. Dang it. I guess I'll turn it off. Hang on. Anyway, you there? I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Sean Colvin, yay. She's incredible and she's
1: definitely Good Lord. Patty Griffin is still you know, one of the eminent artists of
2: Oh yeah, of Patty. The- Woo Wow, what an artist. What an inspiration.
1: do you have any idea why it didn't really pan out for for you guys long term? I didn't write the tune.
2: A bunch well of, you know I, I didn't continually write songs that I guess you know what
1: do you not mean? just you though but but all the, all but the, i mean fastball sister seven uh, Casey Crowley all oh, had you all had, you they all thought, had one or they two wrote really
2: undeniable. if 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 there were uh, if there if if they wrote undeniable catchy you know songs that really really broke through then there would be a vehicle to, an energy there to help, you know, catapult the artist and keep them moving. Yeah. There's nothing like a tune.
1: <laughs>
2: you know? What? It's true.
1: Absolutely. You're you're exactly that, right. It was just it was just funny. That, you know that
2: song? Walking in Memphis, walking with my feet, ten feet off a of bill. You know when you hear that song? you know that song?
1: Uh uh-huh. huh. Mark Cohen. You know it? Uh huh, Mark Cohen. What? Uh, it was Mark Cohen that wrote it, was it not?
2: Yeah, Mark Cohen.
1: Yeah.
2: That is just a timeless song. It's just a great song. It's a feel good song. When you hear that song, it just takes you there, right? Right? <laughs> you know what I mean.
1: Absolutely, I do. Absolutely. It doesn't
2: matter you're walking in the damn grocery store and you hear it, it's just (laughs) it's just patchy and it's just yeah. (laughs) And that song, you know, will fill halls. I toured with them, you know, and I saw the power of a of a hit song. Wow. And you know, that's one thing I learned in the business of music. And it's a slippery fish, you know. I, I don't, I'm not, I, I my intention when I write and everything, I don't think, like, oh, I am I need to try to write a, I don't even think like that. It's just a magical, I mean, a thing that, you know, like, if it happens, it happens. You know? Mm-hmm, but absolutely. there's people in the room right now trying to write that song. <laughs> and yeah. most of them are most wonderful. of them are failing miserably yeah. right failing or or having a blast
1: <laughs>
2: and collaborating with wonderful incredible writers I traveled all over the planet writing with amazing songwriters and uh that it's, you know, it's a mystery.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, if if so, you could bottle you know, it, it.
2: Yeah, as far as radio you know, and plus the internet now it's amazing and wonderful for artists. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Everyone can just get out there and express their art and it can be heard, and, you know.
1: Yeah, you know, like I I wanted I wanted to ask you about the you know, the digital revolution has changed irrevocably the way we receive and consume music.
2: Um, yeah.
1: Has it, But has it changed the way you create music?
2: No. Nothing's changed that. Okay. No.
1: How, how do you consume music? Do you do you still go to record stores and browse? Do you browse online now? How do you consume music?
2: You know, I gosh, I'm just embarrassed to say I haven't been consuming in a long time. Why that is, I'm just, I don't know. The phase I'm in. I haven't been out doing it. I, I go to the record store. <laughs> I'm old school.
1: Me too, me too.
2: The local joint, you know.
1: <laughs> uh, I love Waterloo. I love cheapos. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I'll hear something and, oh, you know. <laughs> and, you know, Kings of Leon. Wow, what's that? How do you smell <laughs> that? Yeah. I'm on the computer, like trying to discover them, but then I don't. I won't buy it online. I'll go to the store.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. so there's, you know, <laughs> there's nothing like. There's nothing like having a, a an actual transaction with a, with an actual person. You know. You, I know.
2: I don't know why that is. It's just because I'm old school. That's all.
1: You hand over that's your why. money. You you get something that you can hold in your hand, and you can rip the cell phone open. You can pull out something. You can put it in and the it's machine. Yeah,
2: old. Yeah, it's just the old way. Uh, that's just the way. You know, we did it. Remember.
1: <laughs> but there's, there's nothing, to me, there's nothing like that primal experience of, you know, exactly. going to the store, looking through the bins, finding what you want, paying for it, right, getting and then it. and discovering
2: something else while you're there, you know, wow, what's mm-hmm. this?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, right. do you get recognized a lot, especially in town, or do you lead a pretty no. normal existence?
2: not anymore.
1: Seriously. Well,
2: I'm, I'm pretty much off the radar. You that was about ten years ago. I couldn't go anywhere.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'd be target. Someone would be but, chasing
1: me around. <laughs> even here in town, even here in town, you're not recognized for much.
2: No, not like I used to be.
1: Wow. I used to be.
2: Yeah, now I love it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's good. I just cruise. Uh, I mean, I cruised before. Didn't, you know, it just is what it is. <laughs> my my yeah. friend
1: Clay, my friend Clay emailed me the other day, and, and he wanted me to ask you, um, if you shop it at uh, uh, there's, a, there's a store off of I-35 called Fiesta, and he swears that he's seen you there several times. Really? Where on <laughs> I-35? I yeah, it's called know, it's called I Fiesta.
2: Can. Yeah, Fiesta's. Yeah, nope. I haven't been there. I've been to the Walmart. I know where he he's seen me. At
1: um, H-E-B. Okay.
2: Right? That's where he's probably seen me, because I go to H-E-B. I live, you know, right here, all the south first. Wow. Yeah.
1: You know, I, I find it. it hard to believe that, that you're recognized on a daily basis. I just find that impossible to believe. What's that? That you're not recognized on a, on a daily basis. I, I find that impossible all to...
2: hey. No, that's to a fathom. long time ago. No, I'm I'm off the radar. I'm not really nobody really knows of me anymore.
1: Oh. Uh, you know, if no. I saw you on the street or if I saw you in the store, I I would I would scream and and <laughs> I would totally make a scene in public. It it would embarrass and, both uh, of us.
2: I mean, people I mean, I saw someone today at the H-E-B, you know, people recognize me, you know, randomly. But nothing like before. I mean, I got recognized in Anywhere, sandwiches, you know, stuff like that. But I'm a, the uh, I'm, I'm, you know, flitting right, right below the radar, and I'm happy and comfortable there. <laughs> <laughs> so, do, do
1: you do you have any regrets? Is there anything you'd do over if you could?
2: Um, uh, what would I do over? Um... Give myself a, a little bit more of a, what would I do over? I gave it everything I had, so just take care of myself better, I think.
1: Okay. Because In what sense?
2: Really, the, the schedule and everything was really uh, took a lot out of me. Yeah. So what would I do over? That's like asking about life, right? Nothing. <laughs> Maybe try... I don't know. That was this is exactly how it was supposed to go. Wow. Yeah, I have no regrets. There's
1: no regrets. Yeah. That's great. Isn't I mean, that a great feeling? when?
2: Yeah, it's a good feeling. I mean, the one little twinge would be just the please factor. Yeah. Having so many people supporting what you do and working towards what you do and putting financial you know money towards what you do and, and not being able to be successful that that bothers me sometimes. You know, I feel a little twinge for that. I'm not not pleasing and that's my own issues with, you know pleasing. Pleasing people, pleasing myself. It's all about pleasing myself and learning about what's well and good for me and and everything. Yeah. I mean, heck, man, it would have been a really great. I, I worked hard at trying to, you know, deliver a song that would uh, be a vehicle to make uh, what I do easier. Cause that's what it is. You know, it just makes it easier your craft. If you have a vehicle a song, you know, you know what I mean by that.
1: I I do know what you mean by that. I, Absolutely, I love
2: my songs, and I it has nothing negative towards my songs
1: or my songwriting. No, but it, in in some ways, it it all worked out the way it was supposed to. I think.
2: But see, that's that's the thing for me. It's exactly. So feel very peaceful. And, and, you know, the other thing I think about is, wow, you know, do you know what? It's like there's a sense of peace in, uh, you know, that feeling of what if? Well, what if I did that? The unknown of, like, gosh, what if, like, I did it. There's no what, it's like I explored you know, pretty much everything that could to yeah. explore with with uh, with the world of music and the business yeah. and being a you know successful and things like that. You know, yeah. do you following me? It's it's a nice feeling. It's a it's a peaceful feeling of 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 just knowing and not having a what if of like well some unknown it's like I understand it. I've been there, I walk the red carpet. you know what I mean
1: absolutely absolutely does that makes sense it it sure does it, it absolutely there's no there's no like
2: like I love watching the Grammys and I love you know seeing new artists and stuff, and I'm excited for them and like yeah this is the journey and you know you get lucky if a, if a tune totally explodes and busts wide open and yay you know and and I got a little taste of that and so I got a yeah. you know a little taste the door kind of cracked open there and I, I saw what it is what's it what it's about and that's kind of kind of good
1: <laughs> do you do you remember your Grammy experience
2: yeah it was fun
1: did you get to go to the ceremony?
2: Oh yeah, I went to the pre-Grammy party. That's the one. That's the big uh-huh. deal. Clive's uh-huh. party, and you know, met Whitney Houston and <laughs> Tony Bennett. And, oh gosh, you know everybody. Wow, so that was a blast. <laughs> you know, just for just fun factor. Exploring that that, that world, you know, just that world, exploring that world, wow, so this is what this
0: is,
2: (laughs) okay, so I've explored, you know, I've experienced kind of a music thing on all levels, I've been driven in limos and, you know, traveled four-star hotels and I've Mm -hmm. done backpacking and buses and, you know. Kind of done the full spectrum uh-huh. um, he,
1: and and busking I, on the street I, 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 know
2: <laughs> I know all angles of it, and I know <laughs> what I can't do and what I will do, and what I just don't need to do anymore. I made some other choices that are well choices that work for me and
1: uh, and it it works. So, so, what's on the horizon for Abmore?
2: Well, another beautiful record,
1: yay, beautiful artwork
2: and <laughs> some great songs, and I can't wait to hear them you're gonna love them.
1: We're very happy to hear that. yay, <laughs> I'm
2: happy too, <laughs> <laughs> yay, well, gosh, it was great talking with you, and
1: it sure was and, yeah. great talking to you, hey, too, um. Hey. Like I like I told you, it, it was such a thrill uh, when you accepted my invitation to come on, and, and I, I, I am so it was such a, it was such an honor to have you on my program, and and such a thrill talking to someone that I've admired for such a long time. I've been a huge fan oh, for
2: thank you for
1: a decade plus now. And, thank you, and so we'll continue much. to I be. I can't
2: wait for you to hear my next recording.
1: Yay! So I certainly <laughs> hope this won't be our, our last conversation. I hope you I hope you'll come back and. Yeah. And chat with us some more.
2: Yeah, this is fun.
1: <laughs> Could I get a quick favor from you before I let you go?
2: A quick what?
1: A quick favor.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, would you record a, pro, uh, a promo for the show? Okay. You can say, this is Abra Moore on Brandon's Buzz. Or ha- whatever you want to say, as long as it has your name and my name.
2: Brandon's Buzz? Yes, ma'am. Huh? Yes? Yes. Okay. Hey, 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 this is Apple Moore, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so, so much.
2: Okay. Have a great night and a great week, you, okay? Happy Valentine. You too. Thank,
1: yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. And good night.
2: Bye. Bye.
1: Abra Moore, everybody, on Brandon's Buzz. What a fantastic conversation. The hour, good Lord, it's an hour and six minutes, and it just flew by. Thank you so much to Abra Moore for coming on the show. Um, it, like I said, I've been a fan for a long time, and it was it was great fun chatting with her and getting a peek into her process. Um, you can download the show in about half an hour from the website, www.blogtalkradio.com slash brandonsbuzz. And you can also download the show as a podcast from iTunes. Uh, and it will be up either, either later tonight or early in the morning. And you can find that by typing Brandon's Buzz into the search box at the iTunes Music Store. And uh, it will it'll come up in the podcast section. And you can download the show as a podcast. You, you can subscribe to the show. And you can review the show. You can also review the show at the show's website. Um, as I said, Brandon's Buzz. WattuckRadio.com well, slash Brandon's Buzz. You can, you can rate and comment on the show. And <clears throat> I would very much appreciate it if you would, because the guys at Ball Talk Radio look at those things. They look at those stats, and that's how they determine, you know, how they're going to feature you, when you can be on the air. So th- these are all very important things, and I would appreciate it if you take a minute just to go by the website and just say, hey, great show, whatever. Um, so tomorrow morning, 1230 Eastern 9.30 Pacific, this is in the morning, 12.30 p.m., 9.30 a.m., uh, a chat with legendary actress Joan Van Ark from Knott's Landing, next week I've got Glory Loring on Wednesday, I've got Peggy Scott Adams on Thursday, um, I've got a ton of yeses that don't have firm dates yet, so stay tuned there, you can also check out my blog, brandonsbuzz.com, uh, to get full information on who's coming up when. Um, and you can also look at the site, blogtalkradio.com slash brandonsbuzz. There's a full schedule of, uh, of, of upcoming guests and uh, the previous shows that you can listen to and download. So see you tomorrow morning, 9.30 Pacific, 12.30 Eastern, for Joan Van Ark on Brandon's Buzz.